Rabbi Erwin Kula of the Klal Center, one of my heroes, says that the piece of Torah that you find most objectionable is the one that you most need to study. I had many candidates in Matot Masai, as I always do, to choose from. I'll share with you the one that most disturbed me or greatly disturbed me this week and a little bit of my learning about it. In Numbers chapter 33, verses 15 following, Dabera b'nei Yisrael v'armatalehem ki atem ovrim et hayardin el eretz kena'an v'rashtem et kol yoshvei ha'aretz mipnechem v'ibadetem et kol maskiotam v'et kol tzalmei masechotam te'abedu v'kol b'amotam tashmidu Speak to the Israelite people and say to them, When you cross the Jordan River into the land of Canaan, you shall dispossess all the inhabitants of the land. You shall destroy all of their objects. You shall destroy all of their molten images. And you shall demolish all of their cult places. And it horrifies me to think of Jews today who are reading those verses and thinking of what it means. And not only that, I know they read just a few precious verses later, But if you do not dispossess the inhabitants of the land, those whom you allow to remain shall be stings in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you in the land in which you live, so that I will do to you what I plan to do to them. So this is the piece of Torah this week that I find most hard to take because I know how others are reading it and what they think it means. And I know that's the opposite of what I think it means and what it needs to mean. So let's go back to the easy part of it. The easy part for me is, and still hard, why do we have to destroy, you know, the beautiful altar sites, the places in front of trees, the little, the the things set up to worship the nature gods in Kana'an? Do we really have to go around destroying these things? That kind of makes me uncomfortable. So I was thinking, how do I even start at that point? And I thought of a teaching that came from one of you. You will know who you are. I was once talking to you about how uncomfortable I am with the way rabbis today brand themselves. Right? They have their own websites and their own YouTube channels. And we remember, when you go to a synagogue, it's not about the, the branding of the synagogue. It's about your brand. And your brand you can take with you at place to place to place. And I was saying, I can't stand all of this. To me, it's all ego. Being community, everyone shares their Torah. And that's what we're meant to do. The person said to me, actually, there is no one more jealous of their brand than Adonai. I thought about it. And it's true. Get rid of all those other altar sites. It's got to be branded in the name of Adonai and, and built afresh. And then, of course, think about the whole basis of our liturgy. I, I can grab just about any prayer, but just for the sake of it, I'll grab the Kaddish. Make great, make holy, the great name, the name of yod heh vav And of course, and then we read, We'll make the name great, we do the barhu, may God's name be great, we're going to make the name great. And everything really, well, a, a fundamental pillar of Jewish prayer and service is that our job is to make God's name great. Why is God so jealous of God's brand? And what does it mean when we do those prayers and we're saying, make God's name great? It's because God's brand is upheld by our behavior. 
There is only one way to yikadava yikadashimei rabbah. And that's through us. The Jewish God's reputation is made by the behavior of those who say they're acting in the name of the Jewish God. That's the only way, right? God doesn't have God's own website. God's brand is our behavior. When we say, may God's name be great, what we're really saying in the Kaddish and in other prayers is may I find a way to act and behave and may I bring the Jewish community along with me or may I be along with them to act in a way in which this brand of Judaism is upheld because the only way people know it is to look at us. So then I took this thing of saying, don't be horrified by the idea of God's brand and of the need to preserve it, but I need to go to a piece of commentary to take me a step further here in understanding my objection to the larger piece. So I was taken on the topic of vows to Midrash Ten Chuma in the Buber edition. And the Midrash Ten Chuma says this about vows. To enter into covenant with the Lord your God, even through his oath. What do we mean by these words? There were three covenants that the Holy One made with Israel. The first one they made when they came out of Egypt. The second one was the covenant that was created, it was made with them at Mount Sinai. And the third one is the one through oaths. They quickly broke the first covenant. What does Midrash Tanchuma mean? The God of your ancestors is bringing you out of the land of Egypt. And with all of the wonders that are happening, the God of the universe means you and others to be free. And then what do they do? The golden calf. So Midrash Tanchuma says that was messed up by that covenant was essentially people couldn't follow it because then they made a calf and said, this calf represents the God that took us out of the land of Egypt. You can't brand God that way. So the branding and the covenant go hand in hand. The second one in Mount Sinai. And Midrash Tanhuma says, when God delivered the laws of Mount Sinai, God created a new kind of covenant. We will be this way. These are our norms and laws to be a Jew, to be an Israelite. And Midrash Tanhuma says, and God was smart. God added curses and blessings, right? That, and if you do them, good things will happen. And if you don't do them, really, really terrible things will happen. And yet, not that that covenant is broken, but that people have a hard time being motivated by it, and a lot of people don't keep the covenant of Sinai. That motivation, we are Jews, this is who we are, this is what we stand for, and we know when you don't take care of the environment, there'll be consequences. When you don't take care of the poor, what do you expect but from them to rise up and, and anarchy to happen? That should be enough. Midrash Tanchuma says, but for many Jews, that is not enough. And so we were given the third covenant of vows. Because then the brand is not the God of the universe who wishes for freedom and with whom you have direct connection. That was too hard. The second was, be a Jew and what we stand for. And for so many Jews, that branding's too hard. That's for others. It doesn't motivate me. And so we were grifted a third one personal vows. Because maybe your own brand matters to you. My own brand does matter to me. 
It's not the brand of a website or something like that. It's just the way I appear in the world, right? I want my family's name to stand something. I want my name to stand for something. When I'm tempted to gossip, and we're all tempted to gossip unless you're a saint, I try to say to myself, do I want people to see me, Nadav, my brand, just Nadav, little mensch Nadav? Do I want to see people be like, "Eh, he's good in some ways, but not in others, right? What do I want my appearance in this world as a human being to be? with my children's behavior or my family's behavior. And they say, when people see you do this, you don't do that, the different appearances I bring to the world, I care about my brand. So this is what I learned from the Karagin who helped me with this tough piece of Torah. God cares about God's brand. And I'm like, okay, where does that take me? Midrash Tan Choma, which is your brand motivates you to higher behavior and higher action. And if you can't just do that because if it's too hard for you to feel like the universe, you have a connection to the universe, it's crying out not to be polluted. It's crying, nature is crying out. Your ancestors are crying out. Future generations are crying out. Being a Jew and part of this covenant is crying out. If that's not enough for you, then you have vows. You have, how do I walk in this world and how am I individually seen? And so that's how and the way Jews in Israel are seen. That reputation matters to me. And the behavior that we exhibit as Jews there matters to me. We are marching toward Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Marching toward the period first Rosh Hashanah. How am I perceived in this world? How have the people I've wronged view me? How can I appear differently from my single place. And then working our way through Rosh Hashanah, Shofar, Yamim Noraim to Yom Kippur. How am I as a Jew in this world? And how is that behavior and brand important to me? To standing before the ark at Nila on Yom Kippur in that silent place of how is the brand of the God of the universe important to me that I make it great through my behavior. Shabbat Shalom.